Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by The Strenuous Life. The Strenuous Life is an online platform that we created to help you put into action all the things we've been talking about on the podcast for the past 10 years and writing about on The Art of Manliness. We've done that by creating a series of 50 different badges based around 50 different skills. There's hard skills like wilderness survival, self-defense, but also soft skills like personal finances, social skills, how to be a better husband, better father. And we all send you weekly challenges to put you outside of your comfort zone. We hold you accountable for your physical fitness, doing a good deed every day so you're thinking outside of yourself. We have our final Roman of 2019 coming up in September. So if you'd like to get in on that, head over to strenuouslife.co. Make sure your, your email is on our list. And then when September rolls around the first week, we'll send an email letting you know when enrollment opens up. So strenuouslife.co. Hope to see you there. Okay, here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now, a question we've attempted to answer on the Art of Manliness is, what is manliness? And as our guest points out today in the podcast, that is one of the hardest, easy questions to answer because I think a lot of people think they know what it is, they have an idea of what it is, but when pressed to give an answer, uh, they fumble a lot and they can't come up with something articulate or concise. But our guest today in his new book uh, sets out to give a universal definition of manliness. His name is Jack Donovan. He is the author, author of the book, The Way of Men. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about what is the way of men? What is manliness? And he's also going to share what he thinks are the universal tactical virtues of manliness. Really interesting discussion, so stay tuned. All right, well, Jack Donovan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, so your book, The Way of Men, uh, came out about, about two years ago. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think a little less than that. A little less yeah. than that. Well, I mean, it's one of the better books on masculinity that I've read. Um, what I loved about it is that it challenges you. Uh, you know, you're not going to agree with everything, but you force the reader to, like, question their assumptions about things. And uh, I had, like, mental debates with you. Uh, while I was reading and even my wife, my wife, wife read the book and um, she thought it was great too. And we'd have these like, okay, what did he mean by that? So kudos for that, for writing a, a challenging book like that. Thanks. Thanks. All right. So I'm going to start off by asking you a question that you asked me uh, in writing this book, The Way of Men, because I think it sets up what The Way of Men is about. Um, so you asked me this question. I thought at the, t- at the time I thought it was super insightful and I still think it's a really insightful question. It is, what's the difference between being a good man and being good at being a man? 
Um, so what is the difference between being a good man and being good at being a man? Well, yeah, that, that seems to have ended up being one of the big takeaways from the book uh, that people, I think it's a really good separation. And uh, basically the whole project of The Way of Men was to develop a universal definition of masculinity. And it seems like the question, what is masculinity, is the hardest easy question for most <laughs> men to answer. And I wanted to try to answer it. And uh, as I listened to the other answers that men gave, I began to realize they were actually having two different conversations. And uh, on one hand, they're talking about morality and about the moral virtues they attributed to men. And on the other hand, they're talking about something else, something older, something more primal. What it means to be a good man changes with religion and ideology. It changes a lot from society to society. It changes if you're a Muslim. It changes if you're a pagan, an atheist. It changes if you're a capitalist or a communist. It changes if you're rich or poor. But I wanted to uh, react to something else. I think we react to something else when we talk to other men and we just kind of are in their presence. And I think we identify it as manliness and I wanted to figure out what that is. And uh, so I think we can look at a man and have a reaction to him and no matter what his culture or social class he comes from and get a sense of what being manly is. And uh, you can have this really good guy, you know, a really nice guy who does all the right things and he maybe doesn't come off as being manly at all. And then you can also have a man who is a real jerk and still recognize him as manlier than the good guy. One of the people, one of the questions that people like from the book is, uh, is Darth Vader unmanly? And, uh, you know, if you like Batman and you think he's doing the right thing, does that mean that Bane is unmanly? And I don't, I don't really think that you can say Bane is really unmanly and, and be honest with yourself. I don't, so I wanted to figure out what else was there. What are we reacting to? Uh, you know, it, in the way I meant, I wanted to figure out what we recognize in men as manliness, whether they're good men or bad men, morally speaking. When we think about being a man, and I mean being good at being a man, outside of morality or religion or political ideology, I came to the conclusion that we're identifying traits that, in other men that would make them more successful in a survival situation. Being good at being a man has a high value to us today because it had a high value to our ancestors as they were struggling to survive. Men who were stronger or more athletic, men who were strategically smarter, men who were more skillful, more daring, more adept at doing the things that were required specifically of men who were fighting to survive, they were going to be idolized by other men, followed by other men, emulated by other men. We still do that with uh, sports heroes, for instance, though uh, sadly most of us only seem to do that with warriors if they are actors playing warriors in a movie. <laughs> so whether we're talking about being good men or bad men, however we define who is good or bad, I think that being good at being a man is about demonstrating and embodying the qualities that would have made our primal ancestors valuable members of a fighting group. In the way of men, I called those qualities tactical values, or tactical virtues, sorry. Uh, strength, courage, mastery, and honor. So I, I love that point, because like, I, I think you're onto something, because I, I, I've recognized that too. Like, there's like guys that I, I, I necessarily don't think they're good guys, but like, I'm like, man, that guy is really manly. Like That guy is masculine. He's got some sort of energy or uh, 
thumos about him that just like exudes Matt, like that. I want to be like that guy in some ways, even though he's not that good of a dude. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think, I guess you're right. You're hitting on the nail. So being good at being a man is sort of this primal masculinity. What made our ancestors successful as men thousands of years ago. Yeah. 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 And so, okay. You talk about these tactical virtues, um, honor, strength, mastery, courage, um, so how did you decide on these four? I mean, was it, you, you, you alluded to that it's, um, these are the virtues or attributes that made men successful, but how did you determine that those were the ones? Was it through research or reading or just thinking about it? What was it? Well, I think a lot of it's a thought problem. I mean, uh, you, you know, I started trying to breaking things into categories. And, you know, when you talk about masculinity, and men talk about this all the time, uh, you know, it becomes, is this masculine? Is this not masculine? Is this manly? Is this not <laughs> yeah. manly? And this is the ongoing debate forever and ever. Yeah. And I wanted to try and figure out how, what, how do you answer that? And that, that, you know, how do you answer, is this manly? Is this unmanly? And, uh, you know, at first, you know, I looked at the qualities that make men most different from most women. And that's an important way to say that because difference between the sexes aren't about absolutes. They're about majority trends. You know, it's like, the easiest one is strength. Men are stronger than women. Every man is not stronger than every woman, but uh, most men are stronger than most women. So strength is a defining characteristic of men, whether you're talking about good men or bad men. And uh, stronger men have a higher value in a survival group than weaker men. The idea that men should be strong still comes from that. It's just not, it's not, you know, people want to make it like it's some kind of arbitrary social programming that we get from the media. And, you know, I think it's much, much older and much deeper than that. And, uh, you know, the same thing with courage. You know, men tend to be willing to take more risks than women. It gets us into a lot of trouble today. Uh, you know, that's why, you know, men are pulled over more for speeding and all kinds of things. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing for a group, if not for, always for the individual, in a primal band of hunters and fighters. You know, you need people who are willing to take risks and spear that angry boar. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, uh, you know, I go into obviously deeper explanations for all the virtues in the book. You know, we don't really have time to get into all that now. So, you know, if your listeners want to check that out, that'd be cool. Sure. What, what, I thought mastery was a really interesting one. Because I wouldn't have thought that. But what, what do you mean by that? Kind of just briefly. Well, it was just kind of a missing hole in the, in the puzzle. You know, as I was trying to put together these virtues, you know, a mastery, you know, without, without some kind of mastery, strength and courage are kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You know, they don't, unless you're competent, you know, you can be as strong and daring as possible, but, you know, you're not really going to achieve anything. And I think that that's something that men judge each other on constantly and very harshly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to disparage women, but, you know, when you talk to, to, I think women are much more comfortable being like, oh my God, I'm totally not good at that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whereas men want to be good at everything. Yeah. You know, they want to be good at, you know, they don't want to admit they aren't good at things. And I think that that's the reason is because, you know, men judge each other by how, good they are at, at yeah, doing the job that they need to do. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting I, in my research uh, about the history of bachelorhood in the United States, like in the 1600s, like you weren't considered a man unless you, people thought of you as 
being a master and not necessarily meant like being a ma- having slaves, but like you had mastery of yourself, mastery of life. Like you, you had it, you had your stuff together. You can contribute to society. Um, and so, yeah, when I, I read that, then I read your section, like, wow, that's a, that's a really good insight uh, that, that you got there. And we've kind of, I guess we've kind of lost that idea of, of men, you know, valuing men for their mastery uh, in a particular skill set or whatever. Um, Cause you really don't talk about, we really don't talk about that that much anymore in today's society. Not, at least not using those words. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that we all look at, you know, a guy who really has his stuff together yeah. and we're like, I want to be more like that. <laughs> and, and in talking to you, know, you mentioned how, um, you know, sometimes we think of these virtues as or these tactical virtues as these like social conditioning. And I think it is really primal because it's still like, even today, even though, um, we might, we might not place an emphasis as a society on these, these attributes or these virtues, like people or men get really touchy if you like call them weak or you say they're a chicken or they're yellow, right? They get, I mean, even like, even if like the most not very manly guy will still kind of, that, that stings for some reason. Coward is a fighting word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's still a fighting word for men. And, you know, it's not something that I think women really react to. Like, what? Yeah. Coward? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. yeah, for men, you call a man a coward, that's, yeah. Yeah. Not good. So what are the consequences of, for men, and society in general for not living by these tactical virtues? Is it a malaise? Is it bad for society? I mean, what, what's, I mean, what, what do we get out of living these, out of living these four tactical virtues? Well, I mean, I think because we are kind of primarily uh, set up, you know, primarily, we're kind of wired uh, to want to display these things. So I think when we don't get an opportunity to to do these things, I think, uh, you know, yeah, there is a malaise there. There is a little bit of uh, depression, I think. I think a lot of men feel like they're lacking direction and lacking things to do. I mean, we're not really designed to, you know, you see this with boys who are, you know, they they, uh, get diagnosed as being hyperactive in school. Yeah. Because we're not really designed to sit in a chair all day. That's not... You know, that's not what our ancestors did. You know, some of us are better than others, you know, and they can find their own way through that. But, uh, you know, we're not really, we're not designed for that. And I think that, you know, you know, while people at kind of the top of society have the opportunities to, you know, they'll sit and, you know, be investment bankers all day and then go climb Everest because they have a million dollars to do it. Yeah. I think for the mass of us, you're just you know, creating a society of men that's disengaged because, you know, we're not getting a lot out of being customer service representatives, you know, that we're not really getting a lot of satisfaction out of what our lives are. So I I want to come back to that, like what we can do, um, kind of your solution. Cause you talk about that in the way of the men. Um, Mm -hmm. but before we get there, I want to talk about, uh, one of the virtues a little bit, uh, which is honor. And um, because you did a really great job and we actually, you know, we wrote a big series about the history of traditional honor. On yeah, the I don't know anyone who's done more. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, good stuff. Thank you. It was like the hardest thing we've ever written. I mean, it took seven months, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just so just for our reader or people who are listening, um, when we're talking about honor, we're not talking about honor in, in the modern sense. Because um, I think most people, when they hear honor, they think, oh, it means integrity or like, you know, I'm being true to my personal values or whatever. Means whatever's good. Yeah, whatever's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're talking about honor, and we're talking about honor in the traditional sense. 
um, which what honor was for most of human history and is still what it means in some non-Western cultures. And that's basically what it comes down to is your reputation as a man, right? Your repu- Absolutely. Your reputation, you would say, in living these four tactical virtues. Um, and to be like, that would be like the code of honor, right? The code of the way of men is you have to live up to these things. And if you don't live up to uh, these virtues or these attributes, then um, you're, you, you have dishonor and you experience shame. Um, one thing you talked about in the book that really stuck out to me and I thought it was both funny and interesting and just a way, way to describe it was the opposite of honor and you call it flamboyant dishonor. Um, what do you mean by flamboyant dishonor? And and can you give an example of a man being flamboyantly dishonorable? Well, you know, as you said, yeah, being honor is really about caring about your reputation as a man with other men. And I think that, you know, that gets very abstract in a big society. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a tribal society, it makes a lot of sense in mm-hmm. a big society. Well, who is your group? You yeah. know, is it, who is it? Is it everyone? Is it, uh, <laughs> I mean, cause you can't, you know, you can't care about what everyone thinks, but I think, you know, for the average man, even today, I mean, it's, it's more about what, people around you think what what did your friends think what does your group of men think what i think more importantly what are the group of men that you want to belong to what do they think you know what kind of man that you want to be that's kind of your group of men so you know i think that uh i don't know like you know dishonor means dramatically failing at being what a man means in that group you know, when we think of a man as being dishonored, we think of him as being ashamed. And, uh, you know, the positive of that is that, uh, you know, the threat of shame and dishonor motivates us to try harder and to do better, to be better men, because we value the opinions of other men. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that the opposite of honor is to be shameless about your failures as a man. <laughs> you know, you're saying, I don't care if you guys don't think that I'm manly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, make that heroic today, but I think that it's, it's kind of a, kind of a cop out. You know, it's, it's really easy to not care what other men think about you. You know, it's really easy to be like, I'll just do whatever I want and be myself. And, you know, that's not really that rebellious. It's just kind of, you know, it kind of liberates you from having standards. And, uh, you know, so I think that, you know, when you, you know, when you are trying not to be manly, if you're making a big show of it, and I think this is different from saying that, uh, you know, men who are just simply not very manly, I don't think that that's flamboyantly dishonorable. Um, I think that that's just, you know, okay, they're not very manly, you mm-hmm. know, and, I, and that's, but I think fla- what I mean by as the opposite of honor as being uh, flamboyantly dishonorable is men who make a big show of it. Mm. And I think in any group, I mean, you know, you know, if you're running around saying, you know, dressing like a woman or acting like a woman or, you know, openly rejecting kind of what men, most men would expect from you and making a big show of it, you know, because you want attention for that, mm-hmm. then I think that's the opposite of honor. You're basically saying, I don't care about being part of this male group and, uh, you know, I think, I think men are kind of reasonable to kind of mock and shun men who say, hey, I don't care what you think. Yeah. You know, because you're kind of, it's kind of this kind of 
passive aggression, really. You're, you're saying, I don't care what you think, really loud. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, why would you want those guys around? You know, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that, you know, men get a lot of flack for ejecting men who don't act like the men in their group should. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. 
There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, so one of the first things I did, I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. But, you know, why would you want those guys around? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, another, you know, we can talk about that, you know, in, in terms of feminacy, or you can also talk about, you know, men who go out of their way to reject codes of masculinity in kind of an intellectual way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, meaning a lot, a lot of feminists who are basically making a big show of saying, I'm a feminist. I care more about what women think than what men think. What men think is stupid and what women think is good. And so if you're saying that, again, I think that men have every right to be like, yeah, well, you don't want to be part of our group. You're, we hate you. <laughs> we don't like you. Why would, why would we want you around? Yeah. We're going to take a quick break for your word from our sponsors. Huckberry is my favorite place to shop online because they have everything a guy needs or wants. For everything from clothing, stuff for your everyday carry, like pocket knives, even little totems, little things you can carry around, camping equipment, things to furnish your home with. Pretty much all the clothes I own are from Huckberry. They own a brand called Flint and Tinder. They make everything from underwear, jeans, t-shirts, hoodies. They got a wax trucker jacket. You name it, they've got it. I love it because it just it's classic, down-to-earth, rugged, and it's all made in the USA. Everyday carry pocket knives. My favorite pocket knife is from Huckberry. It's this one from a company based out of New Mexico. They have a dinosaur bone put into the handle. It's pretty cool. And the blade's really nice. So if you want to see some of the things I've gotten from Huckberry over the years, go to aom.is slash aomhuck. See some of my favorite things. And if it's your first time purchasing, use code ART15 at checkout to save 15% on your first purchase. So again, check out aom.is slash aomhuck. That's A-O-M-H-U-C-K. And if it's your first time purchasing, use code ART15 at checkout to save 15% off on your first purchase. And now back to the show. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, that at the same time, like they're like, you know, they're saying, making a big deal. Like, okay, I reject this idea of man, this like idea of manliness or manhood that you have there. And by doing that, I'm actually more manlier than you. Like sometimes they- I know it's so, it's so tricky. It's so like, they're doing the same thing. It's like, they're still trying to be man. They're still trying to outman us. Yeah. But in rejecting masculinity. So it's like they aren't really even in contradiction with anything I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> They're still trying to outman us. Yeah, and I think, I think it's when guys, like, like, they say they don't care about it, but, like, at the same time, you can tell they, they still do because they make the, they go, yeah, like you said, they go out of their way of, like, saying, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a man than you because I don't believe these, this stupid, archaic idea of masculinity. And Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I looked into it, like, you know, like, if you look at someone like Michael Kimmel, like, he'll, he makes this, <laughs> he frames everything that other men do in terms of fear. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think I wrote a quote from him the other day about saying that, uh, you know, the, the primarily, primary emotion of manliness is, is anxiety. <laughs> you know, because you can never be good enough. Yeah. And, well, that is true because that's what standards are. <laughs> you, know, that's, yeah. you know, at the same time, he becomes heroic in framing other men as being fearful. You know, yeah. because he's conquered his fear. Where really he's just being himself. You know, but yeah. you know, people, there are a lot of guys like that who want to make you believe that they have conquered their fear and are manlier than you because they don't care about being manly, which yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah, 
And like shame is bad. And that's another thing too. Like any type of shame is like toxic. You know, I mean, I, I guess I could say there's like some type of shame I can see like, okay, yeah, you shouldn't really feel bad about that, but there's like certain things you got to have standards. Like, are you saying like, you got to live up to that. And, uh, it's okay to experience some shame because shame compels you to improve yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's where, that's why we evolved that, that feeling. And like, it seems like a lot of these guys too, are just like, they're kind of shifting the goalpost of masculinity or manhood. Um, absolutely. Like they, they still want to be considered a man or masculine or whatever, but they don't, they can't live up to that standard that you, you know, maybe a strength or being courageous or having mastery. So they, they just tweak it a little. And so, okay, being a man or being manly means this. And, uh, but like you're moving the goalpost forward. So it's not, not that impressive. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a Nietzschean resentment. You're, you're yeah. taking the strong and making it weak and the weak and making it strong. So, yeah. All right. So great stuff. I mean, I, I definitely, um, people need to read that. Some great insights about honor there. Um, so, okay. You mentioned earlier that, okay, we're, most of these guys that are working as clerks or doing, you know, information entry at a cubicle, and Welcome as you to Walmart, yeah, we love you. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Idiocracy. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, um, and as I read this book, like, you know, it definitely like it stirs something with you. Like, man, that is like, I, I want to do this. Like, this is, this is awesome. But at the same time, you're like, wait a minute. Like you realize that modern Western society isn't very friendly to these tactical virtues anymore. In fact, we go out of our way to sort of, sometimes punish it, like you said, like, uh, in some cases, but, uh, at the best sort of diminish them. Um, so is it possible to live the tactical virtues of manliness in our modern, uh, culture? Well, uh, you know, we can do the best we can. Uh, this, it's absolutely correct to say that, you know, modern Western modernity is at odds with uh, tactical masculinity because it is. Uh, basically, uh, our level of civilization means outsourcing the job of working on the perimeter as a, uh, you know, as a fighting man. Mm-hmm. That we outsource that to very, very, very tiny percentage of men. Whereas, you know, if we were in smaller groups, a larger percentage of us would have that job. Yeah. But in this giant, you know, as global group now, I think the UN actually had done its first real mission as its own army, which is kind of creepy. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, as a, as a global group, you know, there's only this tiny class of men who are going to be allowed to do this. And it's even, even in the military, it's only like a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, who, who even get to, you know, ever shoot at anyone, you know. So it's, it's, uh, it really is at odds. And so I think it, you know, in a society where everyone's kind of on the same page, I think, you know, that gets channeled into things like sports Mm -hmm. and so forth. Uh, but even that's becoming increasingly stigmatized. And so we're like, you know, getting in a smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller box. And I don't really see any way to change that without kind of refiguring what society is. So, I mean, I think, yeah, sort of like wiping the slate slate clean in some ways. I mean, yeah. you have to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, you know, I, I just don't see a way out because I think that, I, I, you know, our, our society is kind of run by big money. Yeah, and nothing is more disruptive to big money 
than angry young men. Yeah. <laughs> you know, men who are create, running around creating trouble, being tribal, uh, you know, doing their thing. That, you know, that's very disruptive. And, uh, you know, it, you know, supply chains get messed with and, you know, people make less profit and we wouldn't want that. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as, you know, we kind of still organize our society by this kind of giant financialized globalist mess, I think that uh, masculinity will actually be increasingly stigmatized. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I get I get interviewed a lot by reporters and podcasts and they always they always ask me, like, what's wrong with men today? And, you know, you know, they're looking for like, you know, a pretty short answer, like, oh, it's feminism or it's like it's the economy or it's video games. I mean, they want something right. It's all of those things. Yeah, it's like really, it's like modern life. Yeah. It's like modern mm-hmm. Western society has done it, and and, um, and yeah, it's just it's just you, these virtues, like you said, aren't applicable in this this life. And I, I think it's interesting that you know lately there's, there's been this like appeal and draw to like end of world things and like zombies and like The Walking Dead and like you watch those movies and like those things you talk about in your book, mastery, courage, strength, like those are the things that keep people alive. Um, and like, yeah. and people are obsessed with it. Like they want a zombie ap- ap- apocalypse, right? I mean, there's tumblers. Yeah, it's, it's like everybody's secret popular fantasy now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, I think it's because a lot of guys feel like I want to be able to experience that, right? Like I want to experience those, those primal, those primal virtues or attributes inside of me. One day as a lion. Yeah, exactly. Yes. What's that one quote? Like, you know, every man like wants to lift the black flag and like slit throats or something like there's some. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Mencken quote. Yeah. 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 I think that I've, that's kind of, I think every guy's got that in him a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So you, this is kind of related, um, you talk about, I thought it was a really funny description. Um, but it kind of, uh, I think does a good job of describing what Western society is like is the Bonobos masturbation society. Um, what do you mean by that? And, and how has the Bonobos Masturbation Society um, been detrimental to the way of men? Well, uh, you know, as we, as we discussed, there, there aren't really a lot of uh, outlets for masculinity in modern culture. And so, you know, everything we do is kind of simulated. You know, it's a simulated version in the way that masturbation is simulation of sex. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what we do you know, all of our forms of masculinity are, are kind of simulated. You know, sports is a simulation of war. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, everything we do is kind of, we don't really need to do it because we need to do it. We yeah. do it because it makes us feel good. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like, you know, yeah, we can go out and learn how to hunt, but we don't have to. Yeah. And we can go, learn how to fight, but we'll probably never have to. Mm-hmm. And And so everything is very masturbatory. And so, like, to really experience authentic masculinity, you know, you really need that, you know, that need to do it. There has to be like this overwhelming need, you know, you have to to feel like your role is actually necessary Mm -hmm. because everything outside of that is just you basically playing a video game of life. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's what we're all doing. I think, uh, you know, as, as much as, you know, we we try to prepare ourselves for possibly the zombie apocalypse, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, until we, until the, until the zombies rise from the dead, you know, we, we're still left with, okay, we're, I'm just going outside and playing with guns now, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I mean, I think that that, and I think we all know that, and I think it's kind of depressing. And I think, it, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, you know, I think a lot of men just, you know, have a hard time dealing with that. It becomes like, what's the point? Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. So, you know, there's a real lack of that. And I think that, you know, if we broke up into smaller societies in some way, I think that uh, life would become a lot more meaningful. I don't, you know, our society is always, you know, organized around longer life and more people and and more consumption and, and all that. But I think that, you know, smaller is better, I think, for men in many cases. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. Because that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately is the idea of, and I think this kind of relates to my next question, because um, you argue that the way of men is the way of the gang. Um, that's a pretty loaded phrase because people think, oh, gangs, gangs are bad. Um, but um, what do you mean by that? Because I think you have a, it kind of really ties in with what you've been talking about. What do you mean by the way of men is the way of the gang? Well, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously meant to be a little bit controversial. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, but I mean, really, this idea of you know what we've been talking about—the tactical virtues and this survival gang—and I think you know the the way of men are you know are what manliness is is really defined by what that survival gang needs, and uh, you know has needed throughout history and and whatever. And you see that in areas where the state is weak. Or, you know, which could be an inner city ghetto, mm-hmm. or it could be, you know, Africa mm-hmm. or Brazil, or, you know, men start to break into gangs. And uh, then all of a sudden, they are living that primal role mm-hmm. again. And uh, I don't mean to say that I think that that's going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that that's ever pretty. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, that can get. You know, that means people are going to get hurt for no reason. It means, you know, a lot of things that are not ideal. But then again, you know, it's like I think we're missing, as we were talking about, I think we're missing our narrative of life that Mm -hmm. kind of gives us a sense of meaning. And, uh, you know, without that struggle, manliness is kind of masturbatory. And so, I mean, you know, if you look at areas like Mexico, you know, all of a sudden you have, you know, Gangs rule large portions of Mexico, and then you'll have, you know, community gangs mm-hmm. where the, the, you know, because the police aren't really worth anything. And so you have gangs of, you know, guys who just want to protect their families standing up to the big gangs. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be destructive, you know, innately. It can be, as we would say, men who are good men, you know, standing up as gangs, but. You know, as you know, I think that uh, you know, uh, The Walking Dead does a really good uh, job of handling the fact that the more survival becomes a question, the more morality becomes an issue, and it becomes almost this kind of Machiavellian situation where I can only care about our tribe. Yeah. I can't care. I can't. I mean, one of the biggest problems with modernity is that uh, is universal morality. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to be universally good to everybody. Yeah. You, know, you have to you have to sooner or later make choices about my people, your people. Yeah. You know, my family, your family. Yeah. You know, and and do what's best for the people who you've chosen to align yourself with. And so that's that's your gang. Yeah. You know, to a certain extent. Okay. Uh, so. Um... Guys who are listening to their podcast are like, man, yeah, I feel this. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I want that. Something like they're listening to this. Like, yeah, I want to, I want to experience the way of man. Like, I, I totally resonate with that. I'm tired of my desk job. Um, what can these guys do right now um, to start living the way of men? I mean, just sort of like small things that just. I mean, it's tough. Like we talked about, it's sort of like a catch twenty two. We live in modern society where 
these attributes aren't welcome, but what can they do to sort of to start experience it, but not in the masturbatory way? That's the, that's the catch, I guess. Right. Well, I guess it's always kind of in a masturbatory way until, yeah. until, until there's a gun to your head. It's always kind of a masturbatory way, but you, I mean, uh, you know, I think that a start, and I get this question a lot. I mean, a start, you know, like how do I change? Yeah. I think, how do I, this, I understand what you're saying is right, but how do I change? And I think that the first step in many cases is just, you know, A, a lot of these guys don't have a lot of male friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. I mean, if you put men in a group, the way of the gang happens. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that hierarchy starts to form and you get those kind of interactions and it's an organic thing because it's it's the most natural thing in the world. But, uh, you know, you have to get men in a group with just men. And then all that happens. Uh, you know, so I think that, you know, striving to create a situation where that can, can happen is, uh, something you want to look for. And, and I also think that, uh, you know, if, if you see men, as we were talking about men who, yeah, I want to be a little bit like that. You got to spend more time with that guy. Yeah. Cause it'll rub off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I mean, I, there's this guy, uh, at this, uh, powerlifting gym that I was going to about a year ago. And uh, he just has everything together. Dude sets world records in, in lifting. He runs a business, owns a gym, has a wife, has kids, builds cars in his off time. Yeah. You know, he's just got it together. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's really a successful, he's just a better human being than I am. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so, you know, like whenever I got to be around him, it's like, I want to absorb that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be more like that guy. And I think that, uh, you know, we have to, I mean, if that, that, that's what you want to do. I mean, you want to surround yourself with men who aren't the men who are maybe always beneath you or are going to flatter your ego, but maybe the men who are more like you want to be. Yeah. I think that's a lot. I think that's like a tough thing because you're, I think our society encourages like the opposite of like putting, surrounding yourself with like people beneath you. You want to satisfy yeah. that ego. Well, everyone likes to have their ego stroke. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you know? it, it takes some humility to say, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as manly as I want to be. Here's what I got to do if I want to be yeah, like that. I think that. humility is a is a good virtue for men to have. You know, that's you know, for sure. Um, so here's a bonus question because I'd like to. It's kind of more for me personally, but I'm sure all your readers would be interested too. So you've written and done a lot of research about. Uh, masculinity. Are there any books you recommend in particular that guys pick up to gain more insight into the way of men? Well, gosh, I think your reading list is ahead of mine, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we've read a lot of the same books. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, a lot of I mean, a lot of our talk about uh, you know uh, honor. I think it was informed by James Bowman's mm-hmm. book on honor. I think that was a really important book. Um, I really like the book. Uh, uh, Shop classes, soul craft. Oh yeah, I, I wrote a post about that last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. It, it's it's that's that's really good at taking apart modernity and work and kind of the meaningless of it for us and for everyone really. I mean, you know, this lack of agency that we have. I mean, I think that'll really get people thinking in the similar direction. Um, let me see here. Just kind of looking at my bookshelf. <laughs> I uh, the. You know, I, I dug out a book. If you want to look at the, you know the way feminism deals with men, mm-hmm. and and if you really want to kind of have laid bare the same messages that we get every day, uh, I 
dug out a book from the 70s uh, called uh, The 49% Majority. Hmm. And it's something that Michael Kimmel cites all the time. Yeah. In every book that he's ever written. And uh, he, it's, it basically, and I wrote about it a little book, bit in my kind of free ebook that I have uh, called No Man's Land. But it's, if you look at the messages that we get from the modern media every day, and I have a Google alert set up for masculinity, and yeah. every time it is mentioned, it is about reimagining masculinity and how we can yeah. change masculinity and everything. There's almost nothing good ever said about masculinity in mainstream media. And it's all these messages that we get every day were really written about in the 70s in this book, The 49% Majority. It was kind of one of the first pro-feminist male books mm-hmm. out there and uh, written by men about, about their kind of anger with their you know, their baby boomers, writing about their anger with their kind of World War II dads yeah. who were too mean to them and whatever. And it's all this <laughs> kind of anger that these guys had. And, and I think it really captures it. It captures how emotional it is yeah. because now it's been refined and the message has been kind of refined and adopted by the UN and all kinds of things. But, uh, you know, it really captures this kind of just raw, my dad was mean to me and therefore masculinity is dumb. Yeah. (laughs) And And I'm going to my room. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I think that that, that's a really big eye opener. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not reprinted. You have to get vintage copies, you know, but, uh, it's out there. And I think it's kind of a real eye opener. If you want to look at what the media is saying and see where it comes from. Interesting stuff. Okay. I'll have to check that. I haven't read that. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah. If Michael Kimmel quotes it all the time, then. Oh yeah. It it must be good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, Jack, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much. Um, recommend my readers go out and pick up the book. Um, some very interesting insights. Uh, you might not agree with everything, but Jack's going to make you think when you read this book. And that's awesome. So Jack, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Our guest today was Jack Donovan. Jack is the author of the book, The Way of Men. And you can find that on Amazon.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And until next time, stay manly. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.